Well, we want to take up a, a different theme, and it's Acts 12, 1 through 17. It's, it's quite long, but the question is, does God work in impossible situations? See, King Herod hated Peter. He put him in prison, or you could think of a dungeon, and he's going to have a trial, and probably the purpose of the trial was to execute him. And, you know, to make the situation even worse, he had Peter chained, guarded by 16 soldiers in squads of four. Truly, this is an impossible situation. But there is a wonderful word in the Bible, and it's only three letters. It's the word, but. Peter's in prison, he's guarded, he's chained, he's going to have a trial the next day, and, uh, you know, it was um, quite a situation. But then that little word, but, the church was praying very hard, very intensely to God for Peter. And God answered that prayer in a way they never expected. God was arranging a prison break. And you think of all of that, it took only one angel to carry out this prison break. So don't underestimate the power of one angel. You go through the Bible, mark all the angel passages, and you'll be amazed at the power of angels. See, what would you do the night before your trial and uh, being executed, you're chained, you're guarded? So I wonder if Peter spent the night worrying about the next day. Well, the scripture tells us Peter did not spend the night worrying. He slept. He had perfect peace. He was committed to God. He was totally uh, resting in God's will for him. If God was going to take him, he would be in heaven. That's far better. If God left him here, that would be God's business. But he was really committed to that. He knew Stephen was stoned to death and went into God's presence. But whatever happened, the very next day, he purposed in his heart he would glorify God. What were the angels', angels actions when he showed up? Well, he filled the cell with light. All of a sudden, here's this dark cell, and it's all lit up. And he said, Peter, wake up. And uh, remember, he was sound asleep. He said, get your shoes and coat on. We're going for a walk. And the chains fell off. Peter thought he was having a vision, or Peter thought he was asleep. You know, he, he didn't think it was real, what was going on. And they walked by two guard posts. They came to the prison gates, and they just flew open, like uh, in our country here. Many door uh, airports and doors 
open by themselves with this electronic stuff. But there was no electronic stuff there. The angel's power just opened the gates. They went outside and they're walking up the street. And the angel left him. See, the angel had finished the prison break. He had done what God wanted him to do and he left. So Peter's standing outside of the prison. He's going, wow, I'm outside. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't a vision. He says, wow, God sent an angel to free me. You know, this is really wonderful. So Peter came to the home where many were praying for him. So he went to the prayer meeting where they're, if he was asleep, probably having an all-night prayer meeting. And Peter knocked on the door and said, who is this? And he spoke and the servant girl recognized his voice. She's going, wow. You know, she was so excited that Peter's outside the gate. She ran into the prayer meeting and she said, you guys can stop praying now. Peter's at the door. And what's interesting, different versions translate it differently. One version said, the people said, she's crazy. He's in prison. He's guarded. You know, all this stuff. We're praying for him. But poor Peter just kept knocking on the door, you know, let me in, let me in. When he came into the prayer meeting, the Bible says the people were shocked. Why? They did not God, they did not, pardon me, expect God to answer their prayers that way. They thought maybe he would change his mind, maybe he wouldn't have the trial, but they didn't expect God to answer that way. Now, what can you and I learn from that situation? How can we make an application? Maybe you're not in prison and chained and all that stuff. But see, God really spoke to me as I thought about that. I love reading something like that and thinking, God, what are you trying to teach me out of that? See, all scripture is profitable. And um, see, and this is what I got. And I wrote it down as God spoke to my heart. When you pray about an impossible situation, don't tell God how he should answer it. Learn to give it to him and see how God will answer. Just give it to God. And it's, it's in God's hands now. I love what someone said. It was sort of a rough character. He says, well, when you pray, you better duck. You know? When you pray, God answers prayer in accordance with his will, not with yours. Or I should say necessarily yours. See, God brought about what the people are praying for, but not in a way that they ever dreamed that God would work. Don't put God in a box. Give God the right to glorify himself in how he answers your prayer. See, entrust an impossible situation into God's hands and the and into the hands of a sovereign God and wait in faith and peace to see how God will act because of your prayers and you can rejoice in the answer regardless of how God answers that prayer how he decides to answer that prayer Sometimes the prayer answers are yes, and it's wonderful. Sometimes God says, wait. 
It's not time yet. You're praying for a lost person. Oh, God, I want them saved. And they're, they're getting worse. God says they're not worse enough. Yeah? They're going to have to get worse and get to the end of themselves. Then they'll cry out to me. Just trust God. That is so important. And besides trusting Him, entrust those impossible situations in your life and look to see how God is going to answer. And you'll rejoice and you'll become a strong believer that God hears and answers prayer. Remember the unsaved Cornelius. It said God remembered his prayers and he wasn't even a believer. And God answered by bringing someone in his life to bring him to Christ. And God can bring someone in your life. He could bring an angel. I've heard many wonderful angel stories from very credible people of God's leading, direction, protection, a lot of things where God used an angel. I've never uh, had an angel experience for sure that I know of. Um, but that's fine. I'm going to believe God whether I have an angel experience or not. And I trust you will trust him also whether you get an angel experience or not an angel experience. Angels are working on our behalf. They're sent to minister, Hebrews says, to the heirs of salvation. And it doesn't mean we have to see them. But we are being ministered in many marvelous ways by the angelic host of heaven. Father, I pray, open our eyes to see the potential of prayer and crying out in situations that we can't get our mind around or our hands around and learn to just give it to you and learn how to wait upon you and see how in your sovereignty you're going to answer this prayer. And Father, I know that we will rejoice because your answers are always just right for us and for the person or the situation that we're praying about. Bless you, Father, for your love and care for us and over us. Amen.